Hey, children, this is Auntie Hanifa. Just a quick disclaimer. Now, if you've been following us from the beginning or shoot, even just a dozen or so episodes ago, um, you know that we've always had a constant battle with audio issues. Um, one being that both um, Auntie Red and myself, we live in two different cities, so we recorded um, remotely. Um, in many cases, the shows sound perfect <laughs> or near perfect. <laughs> in other cases, they sound like this episode coming up where we had an unexpected audio issue. Um, but regardless of that, um, we want, we decided to still publish um, this episode because there are some really nice things said and to try and record it over feel like it wouldn't capture um, much of what we initially did. So that's a decision that we're making. <laughs> All that being said, enjoy episode 60. Um, we thank you for your patience. Um, we do appreciate your patronage as well, because that does help us um, move towards getting rid of some of these problems. And we are consistently trying to work on it. So hopefully we can give you a more consistent listen. All right, but that being said, y'all, enjoy the show. Episode 60, your gay aunties. Hey, it's Red Summer. And it's Hanifa Walida. <laughs> we are your gay aunties, baby. Hey, hey. Oh, my God. I, I barely have a voice. It's like, hi. Listen to me screaming at them kids. No, I went to my homecoming over the weekend. Oh, so a lot do of, tell. <laughs> yeah, I um I graduated from Grambling State in Louisiana, which is a HBCU and a SWAC conference school. So football is very important, okay? Mm. <laughs> and people come from thousands of miles away from islands and other countries and across this country to come on to the hole for homecoming. Hold on, and were you in Atlanta or what home? Because it kind of homecoming Louisiana. Louisiana. Okay, yeah, Grandma, yeah. Yeah, because um, yeah, yeah, I know they had homecoming not, was it not this past weekend? With the, the Last weekend. Um, um, and Morehouse. Yeah. Yeah, sweet. I love yeah, that. so we um this was my twentieth anniversary of joining Delta Sigma Theta, so we were doing All right. yes. <laughs> and so we had a lot of events. We we raised money all year to give back to the school. Um, we did donations to give like gift bags to uh, just random students on campus, just to like get over the hump kind of gift. Like we know when you go off to school freshman year, you got a big old trunk full of toiletries and stuff. But uh, junior year, you don't even have toilet paper. You don't have like- The essentials of adulting, have your essentials, maybe to wipe your yeah. ass, have soap. Right. Know, like ramen noodles yeah. at the very least, but y'all could cook better, but I, I get it. <laughs> Well, we have a um a 24-hour cafeteria at Grambling which is very new because we have a partnership with Magic Johnson. Oh. Um, yeah. Look, so they had it way that, better than we did. That's essential. Yeah, the cafeteria closed at 7. If you didn't eat, <laughs> you wasn't eating. Oh. 
Yeah, so it was I, always, I always admire just the this the whole because when I when I was uh well okay all that being said I I admire my college stories a long and sordid story so I mm -hmm. always really I'm kind of Beyonce in that way that I always looked up to you know the the um, sororities fraternities not so much that I necessarily wanted to be one even though I have a a deeper appreciation now that a lot of my friends have been like deltas like yourself for mm -hmm. however how long you know and i kind of follow you and what you do with them but um mm -hmm. but you know so i have a, a better appreciation for but definitely artistically oh my god it's yeah. like it's like one of the four cornerstones of black um artistic expression is, is hbcu <laughs> yeah fans and the, the dancers and the music and oh my god Right. So my our band um actually went to Coachella with Beyonce mm -hmm. uh, this year. And right. we had a partnership with Adidas. Uh so it was like all Adidas theme. Adidas was there doing like um they called it a maker's lab. So they were making or designing your Adidas Grambling shirt like while you were standing there. Like it was a lot of stuff. I didn't get one of those. BT was Wait, there giving out do they get breaks on them sneakers? How much those sneakers cost? I don't know about the sneakers. I know that they were giving the shirts away for free. Oh, oh, so okay. So you could get oh. your shirt made there. But you know, once they said we were with Adidas, all the black people at Grandma went out and bought Adidas. So. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I thought I thought you were saying they made a sneaker for it. Okay. Yeah. No, they do have a sneaker for us for uh, Bayou Classic, which is Thanksgiving weekend. So that's in New Orleans. That's a big game in New Orleans. Sweet. So I'm not going to that because I barely made it through last weekend. <laughs> oh, see, I know. See, you sound like I should be sounding, and I'm good though. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> we recording this late night, you know what I'm saying? So, right, we usually early rise, wound downtime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So when um, I was out there i was watching i was in the airport I had a long um delay because of the storms on the east coast oh yeah so i was yeah i was stuck in the airport for like seven hours and i watched that uh byron allen interview Woo! yeah i saw a clip of it um for on the breakfast club right yeah i watched the whole thing blew my wig back yeah um, man um and you know, I heard about this story peripherally. You know what I mean? Like I, mm -hmm. I, I didn't really know what it was about. I knew he was taking Comcast to court, but I didn't, you know, I didn't do my due diligence at the time. And so, you know, listening to this excerpt of the interview where he is breaking, you know, first of all, and we all know that Com, we all probably have Comcast and probably hate Comcast, or maybe it's also called. <laughs> Comcast, you know, I know I have a very tumultuous uh, relationship with Comcast <laughs> uh, right now. <laughs> now I really have issues with Comcast, but you know, um, you know, can help me explain this if I'm missing something. You know, basically, Comcast he took them to court because Comcast has such a monopoly, um, that he, as a black um, uh, uh production house for mm -hmm. media do not have access or not getting access to anything, right? And so he took the court for that. He was winning and then they, they and then Comcast decided, it was Comcast and Charter, because those are the two big ones, right? Mm -hmm. So Comcast and Charter decided to take this shit to the Supreme Court 
Right, because they went to court and lost twice. Yes, they both no, no, like no. tried to fight him. And the first time, the first, the first, the first one, they agreed with Comcast. So, so Byron took it to the ninth district federal court. Yes, and they said, mm -hmm. nah, 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 this is some bullshit. He's right. Byron's right. Mm -hmm. And then Comcast are now taken to the Supreme Court, and this is where it gets sticky. Right. And so, he was, and I'm even trying to remember right now, like what exactly the statute is, but he was going to like, they are trying to basically roll back the constitutional rights. <laughs> Five. Yeah. The civil rights. In the third, is it the 13th? I forgot. See, I, I'm so bad. And I like to say that I, I know history, but I'm, I'm skipping a beat here, but it's either the 13th or 14th amendment. I think it's the 13th. Right. But it was, there's a, a specific line in there talking about, that we should have, or almost a part of the conversation of reparations that actually was in many ways written in this amendment, that we mm -hmm. that we are um, it's, it's mandatory that we that we are able to access um, uh, um, economics, the economics of the of right. the country. You know what I mean? The, mm -hmm. the economic incentives, all of that, right? Um, right? Something that's not really highlighted as much, because honestly, I can't say I honestly understood that until he said it. And so yeah. now, Com of course, Comcast took this shit to the Supreme Court. They are fighting that law. They taking it back to that nigga. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So if that gets overturned. Then it's like, then we have no constitutional protections in the United or, States. Or, or <laughs> access. We can be denied for, for everything. Business down to the personal. Yeah, well, I was just looking at, you know, there's a lot of talk about like states' rights and all of that kind of stuff. And I don't even, I'm even hesitating now that I started the story to quote it because it was in Florida. Mm. <laughs> and I didn't look at the date, but I know that uh, I just sent to my wife that they can fire you for being gay. Mm -hmm. um, there's a, a teacher, and this is a great thing, it's a white girl. Um, they brought her in the office and asked her well told her about the allegations against her she said yeah i have a girlfriend and they were like well then you are unfit and they use that specific word unfit to teach at this school right <laughs> and so i think you know my best friend's grandmother always says like how you do one thing is how you do everything right mm -hmm. so if you mm, are willing to deny one group of people the rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, then you are absolutely willing to do that for other groups. And that that apathy thing that sets in when like, oh, it's not me. You know, you're watching people on the southern border being locked up in cages for months without water, all of that. And you're like, oh, well, that doesn't affect me. So I'm not really concerned. Well, if, if they can get away with it with one group, it's definitely going to be tried on other groups. <laughs> and, you know, and white people's imagination and fear or imaginary fear, you know, is the great equalizer of oppression, you know, and mm. it's like we're, we're all connected to that. Like sometimes we have these little oppressive wars, even online, even within our own friend group or friend adjacent group, <laughs> you know, and about, you know, because everyone, you know, they're, 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 we all have different proximities to different aspects of oppression or being right. marginalized in whichever way. And that that's the stuff that burns us the closest. So we're going to speak on it and we're going to be the most offensive of it. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, 
what affects one does affect the other. And this has been said numerous of times by numerous of, of, of queer academics, writers, artists, thinkers, activists, you name it. You know, um, uh, uh, it's been said times over by, you know, numerous writers, thinkers, activists, black, you know, writers, thinkers, activists like this, you know, Native American thinkers, activists, like it, it, we say it over, right. over again, the people who say it are those who always are affected. And our common denominator is this unfortunate acceptance of whiteness as this reference of, of being a human being. So anyone that is mm. any of that, of the reference, always has a hyphen somewhere or has to navigate their life and their sense of beinghood, their double consciousness, whatever that is, around this. And it needs to move the fuck out the way. It needs to join everybody else with our human, yeah. with, you know, with, with the rest of humanity. <laughs> you know, and that, and, and that, and that truly is the white man's burden, his own shit. Mm-hmm. I you forget know? who was, who our- quote it is, but um, there's a, oh my God. I forget who it is, but she was saying that we don't even exist until white people write about us, right? <laughs> that no, this whole land that you're on, the people who live there, the hundreds of thousands of years of history, none of that matters until the white man steps on your land and deems that you exist and like <laughs> acknowledges your place of of, of abode with a name that he has given you, right? <laughs> he writes you on his map <laughs> and, and puts you down in his book. He draws, and now, the map, he draws the map depending on the conflict and the acquisitions, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? <laughs> um, but, you know, so just, we, we, I think, you know, we're just talking about that what Byron Allen is doing, um, if you're not aware, become aware. It is, it, it is mandatory actually at this point, um, just to really uh, stay close to this story. Um, because all the stuff that we go through, loved ones, children, peers, mm-hmm. all the stuff that we go through, one thing that we kind of take for granted is this core sense of our Americanness. And that at the end of the day, there is some buffer of protection, even if that is, is us taking it to the streets. But when they start fucking with the books, <laughs> when they start fucking with the Constitution, mm-hmm. and there's nothing down on paper that's going to back you up that you can lean on to fight for, to reference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Then we're talking about uh, um, a way of life that is going to be foreign to all of us. I don't care what generation or what background you're talking about. Okay, if you're alive today, you probably have not experienced this unless you are incredibly, uh, you are you are the senior of the seniors with a capital S. <laughs> you still here, bless you. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, bless you. And and if you're able, you have a sound mind and can hear my voice. Please talk to anyone that is anything your junior. Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but for real, y'all, just keep close to this story. That's what we're saying. And you know, actually, you know what? Actually, on you know, I'll just bring this up, and then I know we're going to our letter. Um, 
you know, I posted something on Instagram and it kind of kind of speaks to this. Um, it was just a, it was an excerpt of a larger conversation with Obama and people have been kind of sharing it or whatever. And people take different excerpts, you know, people don't edit shit how they're going to edit it. But excerpt I put up, you know, he's talking. He basically was critiquing um, cancel culture and saying that it wasn't essentially he was saying that it wasn't real activism, that you can type something. It goes out and you feel you get the endorphin. Yeah, right. I like mm-hmm. I'm, 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 yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I simply said, you know, does anybody have any thoughts? And you know, and, and some folks had some um, thoughts, and you know, the the initial reaction, you know, um, was literally one person was kind of curt and was like, you know, old, dismissive, and out of touch. And I was like, ooh, <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, oh, what's that mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, what, I mean, all right. So, <laughs> you know, so, so, you know, I was like, okay, I, I get that. And I just simply said, I'll just simply quote with short. Like I said, so, um, is he like, is dismissive, is he dismissive because he is old or are you, are you dismissive of those older than you? Because I don't know, because mm. old means ignorant. Like, what is old? Like, like how is old? What does old mean exactly? Right. And you know, so I was kind of just pushing back on literally her wording. And and I, I get that sometimes if something pisses you off, you come with it. You know, you just want to yeah. cut and run. You know what I mean? Like, not run, but cut and cut and yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, insane. You know. <laughs> <laughs> But we did go, you know, and another and another another person actually chimed in, and you know, there's different kind of opinions. You know, some person saying that really cancel culture doesn't really exist because people aren't truly canceled. You know, like they don't do they really lose their job, or rather, are they mm-hmm. able to recover their lives, if you will? Well, I mean, honestly, thank goodness, mm-hmm. their lives, wherever the fuck they are, <laughs> you know, because we want healthy and- people in the world. <laughs> right, I want to publicly thank Kanye West for not coming to my school this weekend. <laughs> I know he's been showing up at random HBCUs. Doing a sermon? Yes, doing the Sunday service. And I know we're on the BT list and, and all of that, but please go on down to Southern with it. Have a great time. Thank you for not coming to Grambling. Okay. <laughs> Bring him up. Because talking about cancel culture, everybody was like, oh, "Oh, Kanye's out of it. Kanye's out of it. He becomes a Christian and now becomes, right? Here's the one thing, like Kanye's a whole different situation. It's it's one thing, it's one thing where you grab something that somebody, some flipping shit somebody said when they were less educated than they are in the present day. And you mm-hmm. lock them down on that shit. There's sometimes you someone will say something in the present that you simply disagree with. You, you know, mm-hmm. you don't agree with their perspective, okay? Which I think is what's going on with Obama, right? His choice, it can be his choice of words, whatever, right? But that's the thing with yeah. excerpts and scripts, that's exactly what the fuck they are, you know? We really do lack context. And honestly, the ultimate context is face-to-face. I always say that all the people we like throw shit at, if you are face-to-face with someone, you change your whole shit up on how you communicate with somebody. Right. You know what I'm saying? And you really feel them. You know what I'm saying? It's like, anyway, okay, I, I digress. But, you know, but that kind of, what was it, the other third thing? I'm sorry, sweetie. What the, what the fuck? I wanted to keep my train of thought. I had a point. Anyway, 
All right. So the different, you know, how people get canceled out, right? And then it's the, yeah. uh, it was another one we were just talking. You had brought, you just fought up the fucking point. Um, Kanye? Yeah, yeah. And then the people who are consistent, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. you have, like, people who are consistent. And then we, we also informed that he does have mental health issues that he is open, mm-hmm. he about, you know? Um, yeah. And so it's like, I'm not going to cancel him out. I'm just going to hold him from a distance. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the artist in me sees, you know, you know, because his way to communicate is through his art. Yeah. You know, other than being on the pulpit. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know. But he's preach, though. Huh? Preach. My understanding, because I haven't been to a Sunday service. I mean, but people, I are, or, I mean but people are citing some quotes. Of course, the most, you know, sensational quotes, too. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so he's talking at some point, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I just heard this join on NPR just did, uh, had some folks on talking about, you know, the album and everything. And it was all basically just cautious Christians, you know. <laughs> and I can mm-hmm. well, you know. But, you know, and they were playing snippets from it. And I haven't heard the thing in, all out. But the snippets, I mean, if I can just be blunt, that shit sound whack, yo. I mean, mm. not not whack because it's Christian, whack because it just sounds like the music's whack, like the rhymes are whack. Yeah. It sounds like he's new to making gospel music. Yes, he's an amazing producer, but it still is, you have to respect the genre and you got to, you know, really, but, you know, I guess mm. he's, you know, he can dip his toe into whatever he wants to, but, you know, I'm not a Christian, but I've listened to enough gospel to, to know <laughs> gospel that has uh is well well learned um well lived um yeah you know uh and 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 true unto its it, i mean come on it's, it, it's, it has so many layers musically you know technically uh mm-hmm. culturally, like and and so he's new to it so i hear that yeah I hear it you know i don't know my wife was listening to a um a mix one day like a kanye mix and she was, you know, she's from D.C., so it's, they know Kanye, but not like we experienced him in Chicago. And she, you know, just came to me just out the blue for me and was like, I see why y'all really enjoyed his music. <laughs> like, I see why he means so much to you all. So I know that this is hard for you. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> thank you for understanding me. I feel seen right now, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and I had done a, a blog post couple, last uh, album project that he had out. And I was just like, hey, I, I know you all are excited that Kanye has a new album out. I just want to warn you, this is not for you. Like, <laughs> If you are planning on seeing the old Kanye, mm-hmm. he's gone. And he is making music for his new friends. And <laughs> like getting accepted into his new community and he's done with y'all. And we've seen that. Yeah. We've seen that time and time again, you know, um, I don't know what to say. (laughs) I don't know how to help you, but yeah, I just want to let you know that's, that's done. And so I think I consider the Christian thing a stunt. That's just personally, because I know that, you know, black people can always depend on the support of, the Christians, <laughs> if they say the right phrases and do the right things and all is forgiven and then you got to, you know, you got to get a hug in court. Right. <laughs> but, 
Um, but you also might be like his the the rope that he's holding on to, right? Mm-hmm. Survival. It might be the thing that like the last. And the th- yeah, he's an egomaniac, right? So the last he's a megalo- he may be a megalomaniac, but you know, I've only met the way that he can be accepted in society, right? This is where he gets his love, and so he's gonna go full throttle into that. So I'm just, you know, yeah. I don't know. That's that's the maniac part. Um, yeah, you know, going full throttle, but you know, listen. But I, again, I see the artist in him that you know. Because, you know, he lives through his art. Mm-hmm. Whatever he's living at the moment is going to be expressed directly into his art. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. I respect that, you know, with any artist that, you know, you know, has the ability to do that or that's their mode of operation. Well, that's that's all artists. For the most mm-hmm. part. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, but someone like him that literally can just, you know, I want to do this. Boom. You know, right. <laughs> Not another one, but someone who does it much better. You know, mm-hmm. why, I, I like her journey better. <laughs> Let's say like that. I'm I, I more appreciate her journey and how she puts all of that happens to her in her life into the art. Art that she creates from her life, I much prefer it over Kanye, pound for pound. Mm. Okay. What do so, we think about um oh what's the sister that sang at the the inauguration? Oh, Trump? The black girl, yeah. Crystal uh what's her name? Michelle. Uh, 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 yeah, mm-hmm, huh? Crystal Michelle, uh, mm-hmm. Chrisette, yes, oh, Chrisette, yeah, it was like something on Crystal, yeah, Chrisette, Chrisette Michelle, and she um, has not been able to recover. Well, see, this that's the thing, um, and that's where that's a little mini mania that happens when you're in the industry, period. Mm-hmm. Um, when they approached her, she went to her head thinking that, well, maybe this is an opportunity to, well, as she said to mm-hmm. the bridge but if you had somebody in your corner say listen for real you probably was like maybe the 149th person they called mm-hmm. you know what i mean they just want to get a nigga on stage right and you need to know that's what that is now what's your answer yeah you know what i mean and she thought she was closer up on the rankings or the calls you know mm-hmm. so it, it it's a and sh- i heard they didn't pay her Oh, you know what? That's not, not that they didn't pay her at all, but like maybe she yeah, yeah, yeah. But she lost. She lost. She gained nothing and lost everything. Right, right. <laughs> you know, um, because that was a line that was like, nah, 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 nah. You overstepped your understanding of your power and your reach. Mm-hmm. You know. So, um, anyway, it's a shame because I thought she was talented, and she is talented. Yeah, she is talented. Um, and maybe over time. You know, a new generation will discover her in a wreck. Well, no, not that. Maybe discover her in an old playlist. Well, maybe not that. That's not really nothing permanent. <laughs> you know, we'll see how people are discovered. Right. <laughs> generations down. Mm-hmm. You know, the babies are like two years old right now, you know, because they're here. Yeah. They're here. The future is here. <laughs> Millennials. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. Anyway, um, yeah, so yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. We, we digress. I don't no, know. right, right, because we'll keep this going, but we can't keep it going too long because we have we a, have a, a turd, turd, turd. Oh, yeah, well, we just to wrap it up, you know. So it was a nice little <laughs> conversation, you know. Um, you know, and, and people are gonna roll. We were just saying that 
activism comes in many shapes and forms. Do what you can, but the more of us that can get in closer proximity to the pro- to the issue, the mm-hmm. better. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Um, oh, you're so good at the wrap up. <laughs> I, I'm trying. I'm really trying to learn. This is a process. <laughs> we got a letter. Um, oh, well, before we, you know, just, you know, y'all, we got this letter. We love letters from y'all, but we always can use more um, because we just love diving into your lives. It's just kind of yummy. <laughs> <laughs> this is like opportunity for us. <laughs> Kind of facts, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know it. it you know it, it works out the spirit and it, you know, calories. <laughs> yes. Okay. Anyway, we don't have a name for this letter, we, so I, I can say uh, C. Uh, C. Like the first part of the, the email. Okay. Okay. All right. C. Okay. <laughs> and and it and it yeah, because they're correct. All right. So the name of the uh, letter is called "Controlling Change." Hmm. Now, but before we dive into this, you know, uh, you know, uh, C's pretty to the point, um, mm-hmm. but we're going to call letters like this, you know, Auntie, can you tell me about the universe? <laughs> you know, it'll be, um... you know, because, you know, the, the, the questions are meaty, like each, each question could be an episode, in my opinion. Yeah. We're going to take it and do as much as we can. Uh, but I do appreciate that they're all centered around the idea of control. Mm, as, okay. as a nice modifier. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Let's hit it. You got it, girl. Okay. So, uh, dear gay aunties, this is not really a letter per se, but a series of questions uh, that, and I don't have answers. I'm wondering how you both navigate change and control in your own lives. When did you all know you were done with any one thing or the other, or when? You, uh, uh, sorry, with any one thing or I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> oh, okay. So when did you know you were done with any one or thing that no longer serves you, and you walked away? So when were you done with any one or done with anything, and you walked away? Got it. Okay. My constant struggle to maintain control or lose control and let the story write itself. Mm. When there is no longer growth in the atmosphere, I'm still fearful to lose control. If it was work, when did you leave? If it was a person, how long did it take to end it? If it was a place, how long before you moved? If it was a mindset, how did you change it? If it was trauma, how did you bury it? Jesus Christ. Right? So I even want to just kind of stop and just kind of. <laughs> this is a meditation, honey. Woo. Yes, this is. <laughs> right, we're just fanning each other, fanning ourselves. Fanning, honey. Clutching pearls. <laughs> Clutch the pearls. These are these are beautiful questions. Mm-hmm. These are thoughtful questions. And although they are like so different, like yeah. they are you know, linked in that theme. So I think we can kind of just move through them seamlessly. I don't want to get lost in them. So you're going to have to, you know, you know. Okay. I'll bring you back. You know, like. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. I mean, do we don't, do you want to do them in order or just what, which one? Um, Well, I don't know that we have to 
to do each of them because it's saying like, what is our relationship with control? And so it's like, so if it was this, then what about that? So okay. like, we can kind of like pick a couple that relate to us. Uh-huh. I mean, shit, all of them. I can put, you know, <laughs> attack all of these instances in my life. Mm. Past president, um, you know. Um. So, okay. So I might have a... Uh-huh a different experience with control because I was socialized not to have control, Mm. right? So um, being socialized as a black girl, a black Muslim girl, as uh, a femme in the relationship, I was taught for a long time that I um, I had to submit, right? It's a big word that goes around a lot, right? Um, but that like my life, my experiences in the world had to be filtered through somebody else in order to be valid, right? Mm. So if I just made a decision on my own, um, it's like, well, you know, did you check in with, you know, with your partner, with your, you know, whoever it was at the time, your parents before that, like, I didn't really experience autonomy until um, until I was with a woman, one, I'll say. But by then, it was after I had, like, married a man that I didn't really want to marry because he wanted to marry me. And I didn't feel like I really could say no when somebody proposes, like, ah, yeah. yes, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Um, I didn't really, I didn't want to have children right away, but it was really just like, you don't? Who doesn't want to have children? Wow, that's weird. And I was like, oh, well, I mean, I was just saying, not right now, maybe like next week. Right. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and so it was all of these things that it was like, you don't really think that like mm-hmm. what you really think is this. And I was like, Oh, okay. So like once I was able to like kind of break out of that, like kind of just really tap into what I felt like was rebellion against a lot of those things that I was able to find any sense of autonomy. Like what do I really want to eat right now? Mm. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I've never really, I've always been like, I don't know. What do you want to eat? Right. So like taking that, those little things in order to build up enough confidence in myself to be able to enact some change. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, To be able to uh, take some control. Right. Those things are kind of, um, kind of based on how you're socialized. And I think that for me, was um I don't know the word for it. It just kind of held me down or held me back a lot. And it, it seems like, and I'm also like hearing in your story, like control also is like a relationship between comfort and discomfort, and and that changes and moves as you move through life. Yeah, you know, and but you're still trying, or so whatever your relationship is with control, whatever you you're moving. What what's your reference of your comfort? Because all control is is trying to stay comfortable even if you're comfortable even if you're comfortable in just being controlling you know what mm. I mean? like you know but yeah even if that's your unfortunate comfort zone <laughs> yeah know? but I was taught that control was like um unkind 
Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So like if I have to be the one that picks the movie that we're going to see every time we go on a date, like I'm not being considerate of what movie you might want to see. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm the one that decides every restaurant we go to, then I'm not being considerate of where you might want to eat. And because I have to be gracious and I have to be accommodating and all those good things, then I can defer, right? I don't have to have control. I wasn't Mm -hmm. like, I didn't need it. I didn't feel like that's what made me whole, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so, Mm -hmm. so many times I didn't have a say because I didn't want to be controlling. Mm. That action is only seen as that controlling. Yeah. 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 To to question or say, how about I pay or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, it's interesting. Like your 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 proximity to Islam is well. We have two different stories. Mm-hmm. But um, I had a little bit of distance because in 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 my life, Islam was literally embodied in my in my father, and um. And, but I, I lived with my mother, so I'll just, I'll put it like that. And, <laughs> and right. um, so though I was a Muslim child, because my father wasn't in the house, you know, I was able to, and I was kind of like an only kid and like latchkey kid type of thing. I had that freedom where control, I really can, I had to develop my own sense of boundaries and control, but I had this, I was a kid and I had like this wide open, well, I had an apartment to myself, you know, from like after school till my mother came home. And I was like a latchkey kid, young son. Mm. She just had to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) right, right. She had to do it. You know, um, we got stories, but, uh, but all that being said, you know, I, as an adult, you know, I realized that a lot of my control is my sense of of my physical space and if I have space to create freely in my house. That's yeah. how I like to control, you know, um, because I was always used to being alone in the house. So sometimes if you're living with someone, it's it's weird for me. Mm. You know, so... You know, right. okay. That's not talking about comfort, you know, and what the reference point is, right? Yeah. So, you know, but another way that people are they want to control and it's something something that we talk about on the show a lot is this narrative that we come to relationships with, mm-hmm. consciously, subconsciously. Nah, I don't even think it's really that even unconscious at this point. I think it's mostly subconscious. <laughs> you know, people have a certain awareness, you yeah. know, but we come to relationships with a narrative, ready to receive a narrative we've already written and haven't included this other person in yet. You know, they post to get, they supposed to fill in the blanks and shit. Right, <laughs> right. Else. And so when things go, you know, left as they should, when two different, when two strangers come together, <laughs> when two stories come together, when two narratives come together, because y'all both doing it. Right, <laughs> right. You know, how people control and that they want to control is usually based around that kind of shit, you know. Anyway, so let's, you know, we're... we're... Well, that's like really, this is kind of, I'm having a um, a Laren experience right now, too. Like, you are opening up some stuff for me. Because I'm like, now, like, oh, I was the baby in the house, mm. right? <laughs> so, 
everybody could tell me like what to do in the house because I was the youngest. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was like, okay, just <laughs> walking around with the robot doing what everybody told me to do. <laughs> so like even having control was this like far off thing for when I was grown (laughs) with the big quotes on it. (laughs) I'm grown. I'm doing grown with the big quotes on it. Yes. (laughs) TM, you gay on Yes. Oh, yo. All right. Let's, let's maybe address, you know, because the, these questions are really, they, they're so uh, dense in a beautiful way. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just take one. Okay. Okay. I guess in respect of time. I'm going to do the last one. I'm picking that one. Oh, Jesus. The biggest one. You're yeah. like, okay. <laughs> you know, no, no, I don't want to be, no, let's, let's just, <laughs> I can take each one. So let's just take each one. Well, whichever ones we share, we both do. So you you go on and do this well, one. We got 20 minutes left because we'll take it. That's Each one of those is an hour. I know. All right. Okay. That's what I was just saying. I would pick one. <laughs> All right. So you know what? Then, then that's the one we're going to do this episode. Okay. Okay. I'm still have an opt out though, but go on. Okay, so oh my gosh. Okay, I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna say it. Yeah. So the last question was, if it was trauma, how did you bury it? So um, I had, you know, like many girls in the world. I can't even say specifically black girls. Like many girls in the world, um, I had experienced some um, sexual assault and trauma as a child, and it was something that, like, I used to like wake up in the middle of the night like ah, like in nightmares I you know would be like oh my god don't touch me like I would just like have vivid memories but not even vivid like fuzzy memories with things that would just make me super uncomfortable like about being touched around like you know all kinds of stuff and it was overwhelming um for me at at some times and then completely like not a part of my life at other times right um, so it wasn't anything that I had a handle on. It wasn't anything that I could control, right, as we're talking about now. And um, my first girlfriend was like, all right, I'm going to do this with you. Like, we are going to dead this right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, what do you mean? We could, This can stop? <laughs> and she was like, I don't know, but we're going to try, right? And so we went through this process of like storytelling with each other. Mm. It was so frustrating because I didn't remember. I didn't, and I would be so angry that I didn't remember a lot of things. Um, But like, we just coached each other through what should be healing for us. Right. And then uh, I went to a sweat lodge that was for, um, survivors of sexual assault specifically, mm. Mm. right? And so I go to the sweat lodge and they say like, um, make sure you drink water. Don't, you know, do any drugs or alcohol before you go to the sweat lodge. Don't blah, 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 blah. Okay, cool. 
Um, the first hour I'm in there chilling, I'm supporting other sisters in the room. I'm really, you know, participating in the activity. Hour two, I am on the floor, like not floor. I am on the ground. Mm-hmm. My face <laughs> is on the ground. And I have this cute little Adidas track suit that I'm wearing to the sweat lodge. Oh, you going to sweat lodge with a track suit on? I ain't never been no sweat lodge. I don't know. They said wear clothes with a sweat in. You wear a sweatsuit to sweat in, right? So, <laughs> I is literally dying right now. Hour two, I'm... I'm almost near the coals. Like on my face, there's like a, an edge where the floor and the, the wall of the sweat lodge meet. And my nose is pressed into this crack. Like I'm I'm literally like losing all of it. Like I but I'm I'm losing it. Right. Um and I they say, okay, when it's time to get out. So don't stand all the way up. It's not enough room for that. Just kind of um, bend over, kind of like hunched over and make your way out of the sweat lodge. There's stuff in the middle. Don't touch the stuff in the middle. It's it's, it's hot. It's going to make you sweat, right? (laughs) So you got to go around this circle to get out of the sweat lodge. Uh And I crawl out on my elbows. (laughs) I am absolutely un hinged at this point okay I have just released everything that I've ever been through it's like my mama not coming to my kindergarten graduation like she had to work like I have let released all of my trauma in life I get out of the sweat lodge into the sun I am still laying on my face in the dirt Okay, I do not have any shame. I do not have any no <laughs> semblance of like, yeah, trying to pro- like posture or anything. Posture I am what? in, I am in straight survival mode. Uh-huh. And this woman comes to me. I don't know who she is, where she came from, and asked me, did I want an American spirit? And I said, yes. <laughs> And had she not come there, I don't know how long I would have laid on the ground on my, like, literally breathing the earth into my lungs, (laughs) like, on my face. I go to the showers, and I just felt better. Like, I I left it on the floor, like they said. Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest thing was, um, towards the end of the sweat lodge experience, they said, you can leave this here or you can come back and take it with you. Mm. Right? <laughs> and you left the prayers inside? I, I left yeah. everything there. Um, and I, but like, I didn't want to have it anymore. Mm-hmm. And you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, if I took it with me, then I would still have to carry it. And I think like going through that process of and it's whether it's it is actually a physical thing or whether it's just the mental thing like i had to decide that once i crawled my ass out this damn sweat lodge that i was not bound by that anymore 
then I couldn't go back and even do some of the poetry that I used to do. A lot of stuff I was doing with Enina J and the work that we were doing in Chicago was around, around being a survivor of sexual assault. I was like, ah, uh, mm. you know, like I don't even feel that anymore. Um, because I left it <laughs> in the lodge. Like yeah. I don't, I don't even want to keep telling that story. Like I'm, I don't even know how I feel about being in the survivor kind of mode. Like that motherfucker couldn't kill me. Mm-hmm. Damn. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it was just a completely different. Um, I was a completely different person after that. And one mm-hmm. thing that I say a lot is like, I don't care what, where your belief lies. I believe in the power of belief. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> And so, like, I believed when I came out of that sweat lodge that I was a new person. And so I could not go back and comfortably live with nightmares and, and night sweats and, and terror and all of that kind of stuff it in my life. Foreign. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore because I had let it go. And it was just the intention. Like, this, today, this is the day that I'm done with that. Mhm mhm and 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 one thing just to the highlight like it's not that you forget it's that you have a different relationship with it yeah where it doesn't it's not something you think you know what i'm saying so when you do have it to think about it, it comes as a passing thought or whatever that's it's passing it's just passing it's just something in the wind yeah <laughs> i let it go you know um well i want i would rather ditto what you're saying as far as as far as the lodge um being um a tool you've used to bury some shit mm-hmm. right um you know i remember the, the first time i i did a lodge was whew, it was like in the 1990s okay. and um <clears throat> and it was a lakota woman out in jersey right mm. at some land out in jersey and so we I went with some friends and I didn't know what to expect, but you know, I've, I've always been open. And if I'm going with people I trust, I'm rolling, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, not to go into particulars of the ceremony, I think that's something you just should experience for yourself. But one thing I respect that large experience, I think that was the first time I've ever experienced something that as whatever is, is harnessed inside, you can't fight it. So mm-hmm. when essentially there's a round robin, so everyone has a time to say whatever they're going to say. And just your natural human thing is you doing all this forethought, you know, even if you're trying to meditate, you're still thinking about, you know, your turn is coming, yeah. right? Every time I open my, it comes to me, you open your mouth, you don't know what the fuck is going to come out. You do not know what's going to come and then you go down this rabbit hole and journey and you talk until it's done and you said nothing you ever you thought you was going to say you said what you needed to say right (laughs) you know in the sanctity of that that small hut that is so insulated with just mud, yeah, wood and cloth and sweat and rock and sulfur and yeah. fire yeah. and heat and women or whomever is in there. Mm-hmm. And is I was like, you can't like you 
your ego is shot. <laughs> that bitch never even came in. You just didn't know it. She couldn't yeah. even. So, <laughs> yeah. And you, like you said, and you leave and you can truly, I have definitely buried shit in lodges. You know, it's not something I do um, often, but when I do it, it's very intentional. And definitely who I do it with is intentional, you know, and it's always a, a beautiful experience. And it is a good tool if you are open to it and you need to lead some stuff that maybe you've been working through. And now it's like on the surface and you're really trying to just get the, the vestiges of it off. Or maybe it's something you are, you want to bring further up to the surface. You want to work it around your body. Maybe it feels stagnant. You know, mm. um, open to working, working with preferably Native Americans um, mm -hmm. who provide this service. Right. Um, do a little bit of homework because it's always good to go to a, a new place, somewhat educated. So, <laughs> it is. It makes mm -hmm. it a better experience. Then you really get educated when you get there. But at least you come up with something. Oh, don't come like right. you know it. You just read some shit. Then go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. all that being said, you know, and and if you're open to that, you know, if you can go with friends, that's fine. But it doesn't matter. You can go alone or go with friends. But um, it's a way to bury some shit. It is. I I would say it's a, yeah. it's a if you're if that's if you can go down a spiritual road. It's woo. There's no drugs involved. And as they say, right. like you said, there's no drinking or smoking like 24 hours before. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's not that it's not that kind of party. But um, yeah, yeah. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> All right. So How crazy is that that we both had? Oh, <laughs> um, I got large stories. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All blessings. Yeah. One time, girl, one time, just on the thing. One one time, I accidentally, I don't know, I I, I made like two little prayer ribbons, mm. but then I only used one, and I forgot I tied another one around my neck and completely forgot about it. Went through the lodge and took that bad boy home. I ain't even say it on the show. I had this dream, girl, this nightmare. I remember that shit vividly to this day, son. <laughs> I'm like, no. I woke up and I realized I had that shit still around my neck. I said, I brought some shit home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I brought some shit home, honey. Yeah. Somebody else's shit, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but um, you know, that but that's a funny story for another time. But um, but yeah, yeah. So yeah. see, that, that's to answer one of your questions. And I think maybe we'll revisit your letter. This is a go-to and we don't got no letters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, and it's funny you said that. I actually was thinking that. I was like, we should, we need to do a part yeah. two and like kind of unpack some of the other yeah, things. I want to, yeah, I want to kind of process my, mm -hmm. my own experience around um, having and releasing control, gifting control even. Like there's a lot, there, mm -hmm. there's layers in in this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like control to be defined because it really it is truly your your perspective. It's it's a, it's an individual thing. Yeah. You know, um, it's just that you know you have to sometimes you know live with other individuals. <sighs> <laughs> I gotta keep going with the other people, huh? <laughs> gotta get along with the other people. Yeah, I, I know, I know they don't always say what you want them to say or how you want them to say it. Yeah. But they are still oh, people. And um <laughs> you know, and sometimes it's like you gotta laugh at niggas. It's like, you know, I mean, at okay, you know what? 
you 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 one way to deal with control too and we're going to go this is one of the one of the first things me and red talked about when we first started this podcast is traveling right Mm -hmm. one of the beautiful things about traveling is it puts you in so many situations that throws your reference off so many times that you have you develop a different relationship with control because you can you know damn well you can't always have it yeah <laughs> because you are going to be outnumbered uh politically mm-hmm. uh, uh, uh uh gender um I, I'm, I'm i'm thinking of really kind of big ass shit but i'm thinking about you know even more nuanced ways you're going to be like you are going to be challenged where you're going to have to acquiesce mm-hmm. <laughs> and just like okay I can choose to be mad at these niggas or see this, just see this shit as a motherfucking circus. I've done that. Whoa, come on, come on. <laughs> Thinking about yeah. upset by these mother, this situation I cannot control because I'm surrounded by these fucking idiots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All these people who are annoying me, or these rock and rock just fucking with me right now. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's know, not even the, 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 like asshole people that bother me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just when it's like, yeah, your flight left two hours early. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> um, what would you like us to do? What <laughs> bring the plane back? What do you mean? <laughs> like when it's just like mm. <laughs> that's when I'm like, really? That's how you feel? <laughs> Cause at least if you being a butt, I can say you being a butt. But when you just like it is what it is. Yeah, I was just like, you know what? Yeah. Well, let me sit over here. I'll be right here when the like, next when it one comes. Feeling surreal. <laughs> no, here's here's the deal. When it starts feeling surreal, like this motherfucker, you said that shit to me. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> That's when humor should kick in. Yeah. Humor will save your fucking ass. Mm-hmm. Humor will 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 help shit get done. <laughs> right. Humor will cut through the bullshit. Humor takes bullshit off guard. Mm-hmm. Or you are having a little giggle within yourself because you are choosing to see the situation different because you know this is some shit you to some degree can really not control. Yeah. It's getting surreal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this is the last thing I'm going to say about it. And it's definitely like travel related. I told you I went to uh-huh. Grambling for the weekend. Okay. And I tried to fly out. Um, now, this is, I, I was on United, right? So United has this thing where, you cannot take a bag if you buy the cheap ticket. You got to pay like fifty dollars a bag for a carry on. Like it's kind of it's not, United is becoming like spirit, right? Mm. <laughs> I'm like, okay, got you. I'm going to pack for my whole weekend in my purse. Watch me, okay? <laughs> you don't know the skills that I have, so I did. I packed my whole weekend with all the celebration stuff and had two outfits I didn't even get to wear in my purse, shoes included. Poop. Okay, so they make you come to the counter because they want to see that you don't have a bag. So you can't like check in, you know, 24 hours early, none of that. Right. All right, bet. I go check in, fine. I try to come back out of this little town, Monroe, Louisiana. Now, Monroe is a very, very small airport. The person who's checking you in at the desk is also the person that's putting your bags on the plane in the back. Okay. <laughs> Okay. 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 I'm standing there waiting to get on, you know, waiting to get seen and, and get my boarding pass. And the woman just goes in the back. 
Like, cause now we're in a conversation. I'm trying to get on this flight. She's going to let me know if it's working out, blah, blah, blah. She just goes away. And then she comes back after she goes to put the bags on the plane. It was like, oh, yeah, you can't get on that plane. There was no conversation before. She didn't, whatever. She didn't. Wait, wait, you put your joint on the plane? No, I have my bag. Right. Okay. She goes oh, to put right. everybody yeah. else's bags I on the plane and then just comes back. And I was just standing there like I'd already Ooh. given sent in my rental car, like dropped it off in the little kiosk, little box thing. So I can't get back in my car. Ooh. I was just sitting there like, wait, so what what now? <laughs> like and she's like, Yeah, you're gonna have to take the four PM flight, but this is now five AM. <laughs> And so had I known that, she, you know, had she said, no, nah, it's probably not going to work out. I'm not going to be able to get you on that flight. I would have just kept my rental. But she was like, oh, yes, yeah, no problem. Cool. OK, so I'm just waiting on her to work everything out. She comes back and it's like, oh, yeah, I didn't work it out. I'm like, OK, 12, 11, 13 hours it is. Right? How long I got to sit here in, in an airport. But then TSA closes. They pull the whole gate down and TSA leaves. And then all the people at the counter leave. So I'm in the airport with nobody but one security guard. (laughs) So I have to call my people to come get me. Because I can't oh wait up God. there with no restaurant, no nothing, nothing. <laughs> for 11 hours. Right? Yeah, they got the bathrooms open? Yeah, the bathrooms were open, but like that was it. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, one of those situations where I was just like, all right, I give up. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I let yeah. it go. Like, it's nothing I can do. There's nobody even here for me to yell at. Right. Exactly. <laughs> they just- and when you are practiced, when you are practiced in 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 respecting when you do not have yes. control. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. right, my, my quick story, and I promise to be quick. Okay. Right? And it's an airport. Because I I got man I got airport we all got airports yes all right <laughs> so it was a time I was touring um uh in in Turkey on, like in a regular basis right and I was it was after a really long tour and it was time to go the fuck yeah <laughs> I was in Istanbul right I was in the airport and mind you every I, I don't like Turkish airports. Well, I've, I don't have a good relationship with Turkish airports because I'm sure there is numerous TSA footage or whatever the TSA is mm-hmm. <laughs> cursing out um, their security people because um, they really fuck with me with gender. Yeah. Consistently, you know, and, and, it's, and it's often very humiliating because I'm cursing them out and act like they know what I'm talking about, but they're also laughing, they're giggling. I mean, they're right. giggling just giggle right at me and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, just, just, right? so I don't like, I don't like that fucking airport. Right. So I was ready to go home. Okay. Woo! Girl, they canceled my flight. Ooh. I lost it. Yeah. I lost it. I lost it. I had, I had a little bit, I wigged out. I ain't going to front. I went in the corner. <laughs> Girl, I wigged out, but I had to get it together. Mm. I said, okay, airport's foot. Okay, so they got to put me up. Cool. Yeah. I'm a roll with it. I don't want to be, I want, I don't want to look at nobody. I was, I was thinking, oh, just, I was thinking horrible thoughts. I guess I want to get out of that country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Love you, Turkey, but not on that day. Yeah. And so 
they brought me to a hotel basically at the airport. And I went in the room. I was like, oh, okay, the room is all right. Okay, I can I can do this for 24. Yeah. Okay. Like next morning, right? I was like, okay, I can do this. I went to what I thought was the window. <gasps> I opened that and it was huge. Yeah. I was like, oh, I got a window. I opened that shit. It was a light, bitch. <gasps> like it was a wall with a light on it. Oh. And it was that makes you think it's a window. Yeah. Sunlight, but not really. It's still in the fluorescent family. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine the long light. I was like, oh, I yeah. I was like, my nerves, my nerves, mm-hmm. my nerves. And so, you know what I'm saying? But I was like, wow. It's one of those moments you're like, this shit is surreal. Mm hmm. Box. I don't. They can fly a fucking plane into this bitch. I wouldn't know what's coming. Oh yeah. <laughs> like I don't can't see shit, you know. And going out, there's nothing but an airport. You know what I mean? Like I'm in the airport. Right. So I was like, okay. I turned that light off. I had one incense. <laughs> <laughs> I had one incense. All right, and I had no window. Mm. Okay. I was like, cool. I said, well, they're going to have to just come for me. But I burned my little incense and I just had to be in the dark and I just went to sleep. Yeah. It's like, it is. I don't know what time it is. I just set my clock and it's like I had to surrender and imagine that I wasn't where I was. Mm. You know? Like, oh, maybe I'm in a womb. Nice. <laughs> Turn the lights off. It smell good. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because if I let that room get to me and I was already kind of frazzled, Son, right, son, right. I'm saying, anyway, so anyway, no way can go forward. (laughs) No way, no way can go forward. Anyway, so control is 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 something you don't always have control of. (laughs) But one of the tools you can use uh, is uh, sweat lodges. If uh, you know, maybe you know what you know what I'm I'm sure we there's some people we can call. Give us a minute, though, but we'll we'll put it up. Hopefully, by the time the show's up, we'll put up a, at least a contact somewhere in these United States mm-hmm. that you can go. And hopefully, if you're near it, you'll actually go if you feel you need it. Yeah, All right. I, I think I can find the the person I did yeah. with as well. Yeah, I gotta make a couple of calls, but I will we'll find a couple of. I mean, I I know someone offhand, but I mean, you know, we'll make a couple of calls and we'll we'll put up what we uh, know. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you for beautifully written questions and just and and I'm just love the mod the modification of control. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't even All read right. the second half of the letter, so if we Oops. do do a, a part two, <laughs> I don't read and anything what, after the questions. And what if? Oh gosh, <laughs> right. <laughs> so we'll start from the questions and go down if we get to do a part two. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well. <laughs> All right. Well, if you have a letter that is um, detailed questions that you want to ask or a list of questions that you would like to ask, do not feel shy. We your aunties. We the ones that you can go and talk to about whatever's going on in your life. If you have questions about love or relationships or the people, the people. All the people that you have to come in contact with. Yes, career, work, you know, your art, 
You know, we will work through all of those things with you because that's what aunties do. So just send us a letter, an email at yougayaunties at gmail.com, or you can reach out to us on Instagram at yougayaunties. You can also support the show mm-hmm. on Patreon. Is that backslash? Is that, I don't know. <laughs> slash yougayaunties. And um <laughs> Yeah, and and whatever that you are is on your spirit to share, we would love that and accept that gift from you. You can also be a Sunday brunch patron for just $10 a month. You can see the show instead of just hearing it. Like we just did with uh, Stacey Ann Chin, who was our, our second Sunday brunch guest. That was so amazing. Yes, it was. <laughs> And we have more planned for you, right? So you can participate in that as well. And you get it three days before everybody else gets it. And I know you like being exclusive. So you might as well go on ahead and come to brunch with your aunties. (laughs) Sell it, sell it. (laughs) Yes. And then you can see all the things that we do in the background while we're recording. (laughs) Because, you know, a lot of stuff I'm making faces and doing stuff <laughs> that you all don't get to, yeah, you don't get to experience when you're just listening. So, <laughs> so with that. Oh, yeah. Oh, so with that being said, <laughs> I started on your side. You did. And so with that, I am okay. Red Summer. And I am Honey for Walida. And we are your gay aunties. Bye, loves. <laughs> Bye, y'all. <laughs>